looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Hold on. (laughs) I that for sure. It's one day belated. So technically, love it. love it. It's your birthday and you're special. I gotta tell you how I used this song yesterday. People will think I'm weird, but they already think I'm weird, so that doesn't really matter. Hold on. I, got, I need one more. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. All right, so that goes out to, uh, hey, it's my mom's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday to Mrs. Charter. And yesterday was my son's 10th yesterday birthday. Seton. Seton John turns 10, so happy birthday, buddy. Um, so uh, I get up in the morning. He doesn't listen to this, does he? Uh, my wife will play this part for him, okay, I'm sure. All right. all right, make sure you get to the part where he should, she should. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I get up yesterday. I walk out to the living room. He wanted uh, cinnamon rolls for okay. breakfast. And it was late start yesterday. Um, normally I'm in real estate. So normally the kids leave and I'm still in bed. Frankly, my wife handles that part of the day, but, uh, I roll out in the living room. My four-year-old, six-year-old and now 10-year-old are out there and I just stroll out of my underwear. That's something that we do from time to time. My house. Yeah, right. I'm, I, that's, that happens at my house too. So I roll out from the bedroom area into the living room area and I've got the, my phone in my hand. And I'm playing that song, you know, because that's the birthday song at our house now. That's, that's how we roll. And uh, I just start doing dad dancing, you know, in the, yeah. in the, in the middle of the room in my underwear. But Very then, familiar. But then have you ever done uh, what, what's called the sumo, the sumo with your underpants? Because I, I did that. Uh, the sumo. He's thinking. The sumo. Yeah. What's the sumo? The sumo is where you take, so I wear uh, like boxer briefs. Yeah, yeah, I do too. The sumo is where you take both legs and hike them all the uh, way up and then cram everything up into your ass crack. Oh, yeah. Give yourself so, your, so, okay. so your butt cheeks are showing. I know. I, now I know what you're talking about. So I hiked yes. up a little sumo action and then yeah. danced in the living room yeah. to, to the song. Boy, you and I would the, look. The kids love it. You and I would look very different doing those two things. Okay. Because. You don't think you look good doing the sumo? Here's the thing, Mark. You are a normal looking human being and you look like a praying mantis when i people don't understand how skinny i am until they see me and they're and they're around me when i stand and i put my feet together my legs do not touch at any point my 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 feet touch my feet touch 
But there, there is no other part of my body. Yeah, your thighs are already together. Put your toe, put your feet together. Oh, your calves almost touch too. Yeah, I figured your calves. So anyway, I'm a very skinny. My legs are like bird chicken skin. Are you are you telling so me that I, I don't have that, thigh gap? Is that what so you're telling I me? I did. If I did the sumo, it would look a lot more like uh, one of those super skinny. Um, Victoria's Secret models trying to act sexy. Yeah. You know? it yeah. Be, it wouldn't be funny dad dancing around. It'd be like creepy, awkward, weird guy. So if you walk around in your underwear uh, in front of your kids and you're listening to this and you've not done the sumo, uh, just basically give yourself a... It's not really a, a, technically a wedgie. You're not pulling your underwear up, but you're, you're cramming the, the, think, the legs, the underwear <laughs> legs up into your, into I, your I, crack. I, I don't know how I didn't envision the sumo as soon as you said it. Yeah, because it looks exactly it, like it, a sumo diaper. As soon diaper. as you described it, I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. That's what the sumo is. So, uh, yeah, big night last night. We went to Red Lobster. Had some. Is that Seton's? He, he wanted the, the, the uh, lobster. Okay. He likes the, likes the lobster. The, I, when I was a kid, I you know, loved the legs and crack it open. And and I think it's the, the, the butter. The butter. In the, the, butter. Bi- the biscuits, too. Like cheddar, the cheddar Bay biscuits, biscuits are ridiculously right? good. Crack. Crack biscuits. When I was, what those are. When I was Seton's age, that was a big one for me. Bonanza. Oh, yeah. Chi-Chi's. Bonanza just closed, by the way. There was a Bonanza yeah, right. open that just announced they were closing. I think COVID killed it. Well, not only that, you know what killed it? COVID did kill it, but it wasn't just Bonanza. It was the style. The, the buffet style. We've entered this time where it's like, do you want everybody going through the same position, touching the same tongs? Sneezing on the same glass. I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to have a lot of buffets when we finally make it through this. You know, I, I'm, I'm and another place that. that is buffet style that is popular is Pizza Ranch. You ever right. go there? Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge pizza, pizza Ranch fan, but a lot of people are. My my mom was a huge Pizza Ranch fan, so she'd take the family there a lot. We went there for a lot of the kids' birthdays and stuff like that. Uh, what, I, what I thought you were going to say, Mark, last one that we went to, we went to a buffet-style place in the middle of, uh, I shouldn't say in the middle of, but when things were shutting down, Yeah. me, you, Benz, KK, and Bernsey, we were going out to go see a property, and we went to Prairie Meadows. Yep. Do you remember this? Yeah. I don't remember yeah. when that was. God, yeah. you could no, tell, I remember. You could tell me that was last April. You could tell me that was December. You, you and I are similar in that regard. I had a client call the other day that said um, uh, they wanted to sell their house that I helped them buy. And in my mind, I'm thinking four or five years ago, I helped them buy that. It's been 10. Yeah, right. 10 yeah. years, dude. I'm, I am terrible I'm at that awful stuff. with it. I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I, I didn't. Women are way better at that. Women are way better than us at a lot of things, frankly. Yeah. But in that particular area, oh, my God, they kick our butts. Yeah, big time. I don't know why. But anyway. So, yeah, that's, uh, I, I, that was the last one I went to. And I thought that was what you were going to say when you, when you said, the, you know, which one's in trouble. Because I don't know. What's that? What do they call the buffet out there? There's AJ's Steakhouse. Um, the uh, I have no idea. It's called the Prairie Meadows Buffet. According to go ahead and loop that. Can you loop blue that up? blue ribbon buffet? Can you loop it over that? Uh, little oh my thing god! There? Oh, there we go. There oh, we go. Oh, that feels. Ross better. has learned how to use microphones today. That it's feels good. that feels better. Um, I was in Vegas this Dude, weekend, we and, you're, of, and you're going. You're going what next month? Weeks. We've had a couple of weeks here that we need to catch up on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go in, and now that's actually been pushed back a week. We were going to go for Aaron's birthday in April. 
Yeah. And now we're going to be there the week after Aaron's birthday because her best friend lives, one of her best friends lives in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, her and her husband were, want to come over and hang out with us for a night, and it's not going to work out for them to come on Aaron's birthday, but yeah. they'll be able to come the 23rd. Now, the better part of that is if we would have gone on Aaron's birthday, I would have missed a closing, which was set up for 416, yeah. is set up for 416. Um, now that we've moved it back a week, I will have two closings under my belt in that week before we take off for Vegas. So, so you daddy, ki- daddy can have some money for the you, tables, you, baby. You killed it. I, I tweeted this the other day with your permission. You had your first $10,000 day. Yes, I did. In real estate, meaning yep. Ross brought me checks and I got to pay him more than 10000 <laughs> yeah, bucks, right. which is a nice paycheck. That's nice to get over 10000 bucks in a day. It was a fun day. That's yep. something that uh, your life has not been filled with up to this point. But we're gonna that get was it. My, that was my first one, man. We're that gonna was... get. We're gonna get it. So you're used to it. Here's the deal. That was my first one, and I've already got another one that will yeah. come up. And then that the even that. I mean, days, days. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to get to the. I remember Nate last fall having a really good month. Uh, I think Nate made fifty grand in a month last. Might have, been, might have been more. I don't even remember. Yeah, it was yeah. something like that. And I remember thinking to myself, and everybody around again, it's a very supportive group around here. Uh, I remember thinking then, I'm going to, and, and Nate said, dude, you're going to do this. You're going to have a $50,000 month. And at the time, I thought, that's crazy. And now yeah. I see how, I mean, again, working and the way you're The way and, you're trending, you're going to have a six-figure year, my friend. Uh, now, I don't want to put that pressure on you. Well, no. you already did. You told me that last year. Hey, I, you, I, in I, fact, you said to me... I'm high on expectations. You said to me one day, not that you know, not to put any pressure on you, friend. You said to me one day about a year ago, if you don't make six figures next year, it's only because you suck. It's only because you, you've got everything built in to be able to do this. That's called and tough right. love, my friend. You're right, and it's going well, and I'm very appreciative. Tough been, love, tough love. Hey, it's been a lot of fun. This would be a pseudo invite to listeners and... Uh, I always like think to myself, man, should I do this or not? But talking about Vegas reminded me the Vegas trip, our our Vegas trip, is planned for the weekend of the Iowa State UNLV game this year um, in Las Vegas. I assume a lot of people that listen to this might be there, or at least some. Oh uh, yeah, I might might, might be there. So we should do a uh, come meet us for a drink thing if you want to. Not like a hey, we're having a remote. Come meet us for a drink. I'm just saying, hey, if you like the show and you just want we, to grab a beer. We could, I mean, just we, let we people should, know where we're going to be, yeah. which hotel we're going to be at or something like that. And, yeah. Uh, which book we'll be hanging out for the game or which pool we'll be. Then we'll be able to get to the pool, will they? We'll be at Bear. I don't know if we'll be there. We didn't go last year. Uh, where did the wife say that she booked us for out there? I don't even remember now. But anyway, yeah, we're going to go out and. Uh, Is it on the strip? Are you staying on the strip? Mark, I have no idea. Literally, I, no I, idea. I, 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 here, I have no idea. I'll text her and ask her if she knows where we're staying. So, interesting experience while you're looking that up that I had, which is one that I don't know if you, you suggest these things to other people or not. I went to Ice Bar. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, yeah yes. When I was out there, and I was with, um, so my wife and I were out there, and then KK, who works here, and her husband were out there, and then uh, Nate was technically, he <laughs> Nate from Charter House was out there. He just wasn't technically with us. He it just so happened he was going out the same See, time. See, I guess I didn't realize that was how that went down. You guys were just... It uh, wasn't a plan trip with six people. Funny. They were already going, and then other people decided, oh, that we should we should go out there. But anyway, Ice Bar, uh, <laughs> and Travis had a funny comment when we went in there. So it was 20, 25 bucks was the, the lowest cost 
to go in and to get drinks and kudos 50 in this vegas stuff like this you know 25 bucks is not much especially the, the weekend we were there because march madness is going on and lots of people had minimums and yeah you know tilted kilt we asked at the door what that one was going to cost just to go and watch games it was a hundred dollar minimum per person so cover a cover charge not a cover a minimum they so, do minimums okay, okay, in vegas okay so that minimums. way you're gonna you're gonna food and beverage food. minimums okay, so you've right, got yeah. you've got a hundred dollars to spend but if you only spend 50 they're taking the other 50 so yeah so dude the 50 dollar deal seems like the way to go with that with the ice bars is that what you guys did uh well yeah though it's so price is kind of irrelevant in this situation because this is the epitome of an experience thing yeah. right it's a nice day in vegas we're like let's go into this ice bar so what ice bar is is think about um think about a large beer cooler like when you go to a store and they've got a beer vault mm-hmm. you know or a beer cooler you go in there and you're like it's really cold in here so when you go in they give you a parka and they give you gloves, kind of thin, but, but gloves. So you go into this bar, and the bar itself is small, no windows at all in the bar, um, kind of got lights that change colors, blue and pink and, and everything. But everything in the bar is ice. I mean, it's 17 degrees. You said you're in your this se- bar. Your seats, your table, your glass. Everything. Yeah, the glass you drink out is completely made of ice. The, they have a throne made of ice. They've got... Uh, yeah, everything everything is ice in this place. They've got some TVs that are, like, built into the walls. So they're playing a TV, but, you know, it's ice completely around it. So uh, it was cold. Travis said something along the lines of, like, this is just, like, enjoying beers in Iowa City tailgate in December. <laughs> right. yeah, we've all done yeah. that. Minus, minus the wind. You know, there's no wind in this place. <laughs> but it's interesting because who's going to say to themselves, let's go to Ice Bar and hang out for the night? It's kind of like a one drink, maybe two. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, let's, let's, let's get, get the hell out of here. here. But yeah. it's the epitome of Vegas, right? But it's, it's, it's a unique experience. Yeah, right, experience. Right. It's let's a good go way to put where it, there's Mark. every, you know, and we even asked the bartender, why did you choose this place? <laughs> because the bartender's got to be there for eight hours. Eight hours. Maybe six, more. Seven, eight hours. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I love it. Cold doesn't bother me. I think it's fun. Like, man, can you imagine like working in that? I guess it's, the equivalent of people that work in meat lockers or something somewhere cold um ice cream it's so funny you say that where where all of the wells blue bunny ice cream is stored up in lamar's iowa yep outside of lamar's and it um it's a place called noram storage no n-o-r-a-m noram yep um and it's uh uh it is a giant and i mean giant uh, warehouse that is a cold storage warehouse. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is like, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't know what the temperature of it is. I know that as you walk through it, you're like, oh, this is not comfortable yeah. anymore. This is fun and interesting, but uh, I'm I'm ready to be done with this. Can you imagine that's your career? Every day, no. no. Going into a the guys that are there, are, the guys that are there are working their ass off, and they're you know what I mean. So they're doing stuff to to stay to stay warm, but. Uh, uh, I couldn't imagine it. No, wouldn't want to do it. Doesn't seem like a glamorous way to make a no, living. Do you know what? They make a pretty good living. Truck Haven, by the way, up there in Lamar's is the name of a, of, of a truck stop. I went to Northwestern College my first year, and Lamar's is not that far from Orange City, where Northwestern College is. And that was the thing. If, you, if it was 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. and you were hungry, Northwestern or Orange City was shut down. That was a, that was a town that would close. So you'd get in the car and drive. I can't remember how far it was. 10, 15 minutes, maybe longer. Again, memory sucks. 
but you'd go and you'd get your hash browns and your your eggs. Sometimes that's the best food. Yeah. Had a night of drink. You're like, man, I'm starving. Are you hungry? Dude, we did that. We did one of one morning. We went to a place with uh, with BK. Met BK at a place that was kind of like. In, in fact, it, it was across the street from that ice bar, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the same sort of thing. We just kind of walked. I was past there. It. I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay. me, you. Uh, B, we went. We walked down and met BK. Or maybe was it the Klein? Three of us walked down and maybe it's Klein. Klein got. If you're, I'm thinking the right place, one of those obnoxious Bloody Marys. They served obnoxious Bloody Marys. Where it's place. where it's like there's a yeah, foot it, stacked of, of stuff yeah, like on top a, of the glass. It was like a fried chicken on top of a yeah right. <laughs> right right. It wasn't fried. That was still alive, dude. That's just that's, <laughs> that's oh, you guys. That was a different Vegas. Trip. That's their pet. That's the uh, that's called the uh, Tijuana. Yeah. Did you figure out where you're staying yet? The D. Oh, what is that? It's fitting because. That's what your wife's going to get. Oh, but damn. Yeah, the D is the D is downtown. You're horrible. The D is downtown. Okay. So, true story about the D. Uh, odd name. The person that owns the D. Just sounds weird saying it that. It does. It, I, 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 when I got the text from my wife that said the D, I was like, what did I text her? So, the D, uh, the person that owns that also owns Circa, which is also downtown. And that's the one you need to go to to look at because that's the one with the world's largest sports book. And that also is where Chris Eiley is. Chris uh, used to live here. He's the one that moved out there and now has a storefront just off the sports book. Um, and he does the Lego creations, Lego statues, life-size. You sent us a bunch of these. So he's doing one. He's doing one. He's doing a CH logo for us. I just saw him out there this last weekend. Paid him. He's going to do a one of a kind C and an H. That's kind of our thing here. And it'll be made completely out of Legos. So he's, so so he's working he, on that. Is he going to then ship it to you? Ship it here. Yeah. So um, if you go into a storefront, there's a, a, a guy in a suit that's been built out of Legos. And on his lapel, it has D on it. That's the owner. He did that for the owner, so that's there's a there's a connection to the D here through someone that's doing art for us. Small that's very world. cool. Well, that's why we're staying there because we like to keep things in the family. I mean, this is yeah. When you're a locally owned operation like we are here at Charter House, keep it local. We try to keep things in the family as much as we can because uh, you know we appreciate the value of every dollar. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else I did <laughs> in Vegas. Went to the pool. Got a little sun. No good meals. Come on, man. That, on, and then, of I, course, man. People, people of course. Get, people think I'm such a loser these last couple months since we got back from Vegas, and they're like, "Oh, you went on a Vegas trip with a bunch of dudes." I'm like, "Yeah, man, great guys. We had an awesome time." <laughs> this this reminds like, me of the dinner thing. Go ahead. They're like, what is what was the coolest thing that happened? What'd you guys do? And I'm like, "Dude, we had some awesome meals." <laughs> you loser. Did you old realize are you? you you realize that pretty much everybody, well, not almost everybody, is married. On this trip, so that's, <laughs> that's going to limit some of the things that we're up to. Yeah, right? I, I had some really good cocktails too. I had some good cocktails. Yeah, I at, watched some cool things go down. I mean, I watched. So some I saw. Guys so so I uh, we saw a fight. Um, but I forgot about the fight. A man. human. I, a human. No, I'm not even talking about when we oh, were there. Oh, we saw a fight. Yeah, but that was a guy girl fight. The girl was whooping the guy's ass. Yeah. Um, when I was there, I saw uh, a fight. We're just walking up that alleyway where that restaurant is, where yep. where um, uh, Ice Bar is. And these people are like right in front of us are squaring off. Uh, 
And uh, I want to walk right past them. And the rest of people in my group, KK, my wife, Travis, is like, Mark, stop, stop. I was just going to walk past them while they were fighting. It's a pretty short fight. Pretty short fight. One of the guys was outmatched, got whooped real quick. And then yeah. the guy the guy stood over him was like, you, you want more of this? You know, just tough talk. Um, it was pretty lame for a fight, honestly, if I had to judge it. It was uh, whoever, the one guy just didn't put up much of, much of a fight, frankly. So we saw a fight. Um but then dinner, the best dinner we had, and I'll link this to our Vegas group that goes. Um, I sent a picture of this, by the way, to the group. We went to Delmonico's, which is a, a, a nice steakhouse in the Venetian Hotel. And it was your typical Vegas pricing for something, and, you know, and a, a nice meal. Yeah, $4,000 for a steak. Absolutely. So, uh, but right, right behind us, we have a nice table in the corner and right behind us in the middle of the room are two large circular tables. And everyone at those tables is guys that look like they're probably late twenties, thirties or so. And we weren't close enough to hear the dialogue, but we could tell that this was a group that was similar to, to ours. Yeah. Right. And at some point in the evening, cause my back was to him, my wife's like, you got to see what they're up to. So I look around. They're all like pulling out various styles of top hats. So these guys aren't dressed up in suits or anything. They're dressed normally. But by the time the meal was over, they all have top hats on. Like they did not have them on when I went in there, but some presentation or something was going on where now suddenly top hats had come out. Not all the same top hat either, like various heights. You have SMA Blinkens going on and then you've got some lower stuff. And then every once in a while, they'd like applaud for each other. And I'm like, so I sent that picture and I'm like, we're doing this thing wrong. Man. Yeah, right. We need to have some presentations going on or we need to have something uh, that's that we can wear in a nice restaurant. Ascots. What's an ascot? It's like a scarf for dudes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what's the name of, the, of my hat? What would you call that? Newsboy hat? Newsy. Like Newsy. Newsboy, Newsy um, hat. Yeah, it, so... The top hats seem like a tough one to be able to carry around. But I was thinking, where are these top hats been the whole time? That's what I was going to ask. magician hats? Like, you can fold them flat? Maybe. I don't know. But they looked like they were having a good time, which is what Vegas is all about. That's what it's about, man. Like, and that's, is it corny? Yep. Is it pointless? Yep. Is it fun? Yeah. You know what I want you to do with me next time when we're in Vegas? Oh, God. I'm going to, I'm not saying yes until you tell me what it is. Just go ahead and commit now. No. Just, just no, say, it. Just no, say yes. it's not no. even a bad thing. I know. I you, promise you. I know it's you, not bad, and I, I promise you, it won't put your marriage in jeopardy. Am I going to have to take my pants off at any point in this process? <laughs> no. Nope. Okay, then I'll agree to it. Okay, Ross has agreed. He's in now, and I'll even pay for it, Ross. Okay. Okay. Because every time I'm there, I want to do this, and nobody will. Everyone's always. Like, <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> All right, what are we doing? My wife's like, no, it's, it's we have to wait in a line to do that. And KK's like, mind, oh, that's stupid. I don't that's mind stupid. The, I don't mind the line. I don't mind stupid. Why, what are other reasons that people have said no to this? And to be honest, I think it takes 20 minutes. So is it's any, not. Is anybody scared? Hell no. Okay. Hell no. Now, I'll give you another clue. Okay. Okay. If you and I do this and nobody else does this, people will probably think that we're homosexuals. <laughs> All right. People will think that we're dating. All right. And people will be able to view us doing this activity. So there will be people that think, oh, there's a cute couple together. I wonder which one's the top. <laughs> they won't wonder. Do you have any idea, Ross? 
Um, I have. I, I now I am. I'm. 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 I'm backing away from the line from where I was earlier. As soon as you told me to have to take my pants off, I was like, "Hey, Mark's not gonna want to do something crazy here." Yeah, it's doesn't want to put my marriage. It's in not jeopardy. crazy. What is it? If I told you that it takes place at the Venetian, would you know? Oh, go on the go on the boat ride, gondola hell, ride. Hell yeah, sign me up for that. Me and Ross going on a, a gondola listen, ride this September. Yeah, I don't. It, it, yeah, totally they, fine. They with take me. you I through their fake river. I and, would love to do that. In fact, that's uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sign me up. All right, Ross, Ross is in. We'll take pictures. We'll take pictures of this. You and I together <laughs> on a gondola. I'm gonna pay for it. It'll be fine. Uh, I can't get people to commit how, to go. That can't be. They, they can't charge much for that because it's not. Uh, I, I've never been in the Venetian. I guess I, I want to say it's. Oh man, I don't know. Maybe thirty bucks yeah, or so. Okay. That's that doesn't seem thirty right. bucks yeah, or good. so. Okay. I think it said it was like maybe like ten to thirteen minutes, and you could go inside <laughs> or outside. Like as you walk past the Venetian, there's water, a body of water right there. Yeah. I don't know that they just row you up and down so, this water. I don't know where else outside would be. But if you go in the Venetian, the the river goes in the hotel. That's the one I want to do. I want to yeah. like go through the hotel, wave at people, you know, as we're as we're going through. See, and I wonder how many people. Like you said, people will see us, and I I, I understand people see us. I'm not a person who would stand and watch people riding the gondola i i I would see it recognize it oh that seems like something cool i want to do that someday but i certainly wouldn't sit there and like you know i'm not going to observe the people and i'm I'm not going to not to the point where i'm going to wonder which one of them is a is that power bottom or i think if we're approaching a crowded area of people you should lean your head in on my chest and i'll stroke your hair it'll be be great i didn't agree to that part of this (laughs) You didn't say anything we about could, that. We can make it really fun. Also, he, I said he, you didn't have is, to take your pants off. You probably could <laughs> to make the ride even, even more I interesting. I mean, I am dropping 30 bones on you. When I don't know what... I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, there's going to be some expectations that come, come with this ride. 100%. Here's the other thing. Let me ask you if you want to do this. Let me ask you if you want to do this okay. because we always think about. I honestly, I thought I was signing up for like skydiving or something or the the roller coaster at the top of the spire. I was like, oh god, what is it? No. So KK and Travis wanted to do the roller coaster. When we went up there. They were going to do it, and the line for it was massive. So, yeah, I think Aaron's done that. I don't know if you can book time for that or not. Does this appeal to you or not? Um, and we looked into it. We didn't do it. Didn't have time. Uh, it was about 105 bucks or so, somewhere in that ballpark. And it's it's a company called uh, Battlefield Vegas, and they offer lots of stuff, lots of stuff. Okay, I'm intrigued. For, for eighteen hundred bucks, what? you can smash a car with a tank. Eighteen hundred bucks, you can go drive. They'll let you drive a tank. What over a car and smash it? Which sounds awesome. They've got a package, I think, where you get in a helicopter, and they fly you out into the desert, and you can fire one of those guns from the helicopter. Do, 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 you know down to the ground that's probably really really expensive but you can do that okay we're talking about 105 bucks so let's let's back it down a little bit that's just a shooting package okay but you get three different types of guns one of which is an uzi would you want to go shoot an uzi for a hundred bucks uh no now any gun no i'm so i I don't mind guns bazooka oh see the shooting out of the helicopter the driving the tank the bazooka, 
and not that I not that I have I'm some gun expert or have yeah. this this long history of guns. I've been around guns a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. I've had a chance to shoot a lot of different guns. So I don't think that the other stuff really appeal. I mean, it's nothing. Again, that the, to me, that's like going on a vacation and going to see a movie. Yeah, I can do that here. Yeah, the bazooka and the tank and the helicopter. Those we, are those, are, up those are kind of exclusively Vegas things. I remember when we were out there seeing some. It was like it was it was something called like shoot Vegas or I, I, that can't be what it was called, but it was basically like a huge indoor firing range. Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe that's incorporated with that, but this was called battlefield, Vegas. battlefield Vegas. And they got a lot of stuff. You can go out and do shoot at targets and yeah. courses and lots of stuff. Yeah. Also, that, that stuff might intrigue me. What they was pick it? you up on the strip, by the way, in a military Humvee, they come get yeah, you. That's sweet. They're all in. I love it. Yeah. What's the, uh, what was the charge for the bazooka? A couple hundred? Uh, I don't know. I, Man, I, I can't, I mean, they have Holy everything else. Cow. I think they do. I don't know that I saw that on the website. How but in machine the hell guns do and, they? How is that insured? How do you have a thing where a person can go sign up and get behind the wheel of a tank? And there's got to be somebody in there, and there's got to be all sorts of controls and safety measures. So you can't just drive the tank out onto the strip and dude, uh, away you go. Dude, have yeah. I ever told you the story about my neighbor who goes on the safaris and all of the stuff that goes with an African safari? No. And how unbelievably misunderstood. Safaris, African safaris are so the narrative that. Uh, so I, I do want to hear this. Let me tell you something uh, I don't like, and then I think that I there's another side mm. to this. I don't like seeing pictures of people proudly standing over their giraffe yeah. that they just killed. Because I look at the giraffe; it's a giraffe. It's a beautiful animal. It's not hurting anybody, yep. right? The narrative that I think exists on the other side is. If these giraffes don't get killed, these things happen in this ecosystem, which is not good, right? Or maybe that's how they justify it. Maybe it's not right. I haven't looked deep enough in it. But I just know that, like, to me, it seems like it seems like the equivalent of shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. They're, they're driving you out to this and go, there's your line you're going to shoot. Yep. Go shoot it. Yeah. And that seems a little lame to me. So the reason I'm bringing it back to the Vegas thing is because of that, as my mind was wrapping my around the regulations that must exist in a, in a place like Las Vegas, which again, Las Vegas, a lot of us in America think of that as like lawless wild West stuff. They, they can't put a person up in a helicopter with a 50 caliber machine gun and let them shoot towards the horizon. Yeah. So there's got to be all, I can't even imagine the stuff you've got to sign off on all that, which is cool. I'm not, Yeah. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. And in that process of trying to wrap my head around it, I know this really cool story about my neighbor who goes on these awesome hunting trips. Now, he's never killed a giraffe. Um, and most of the animals that he's killed that he's has, has pictures of or now has mounted in his house because he literally has dozens of them, mm-hmm. African animals mounted in his house, which is another cool story of how they get shipped. Your neighbor must have a lot of money, by the way. These aren't cheap trips. Not at all. Not, not cheap at all. Yep, he spends several thousand, dozens of thousands of dollars yep. every time he goes and does this. He saves for years and years, and this is what he does. Yep. He lives in a tiny one-bedroom house with a giant two-car garage mm-hmm. and uh, spends most of his time at his girlfriend's house, and this is, this is what he does. And he's yep. 60 years old and has worked at Firestone most of his life. Yep. So the dude's got money, and he wants to spend it before he dies, and this is what he does. So when he goes to Africa and you go and you start to deal with what is the equivalent of the African DNR, 
and you go to a, a different uh, these different countries and you go stay with these different tribes or these different communities um, when you get there they know which animal you're going to take out of the herd now because the DNR or that equivalent again they've been monitoring this this is this is where they get the majority of their income is by charging my neighbor several dozen thousand dollars yeah. for this trip to come down there so what they do is they monitor it they need to make sure, like when I go on a fishing trip up to Minnesota, those guys are real sure to make sure, real sure that I don't have a fish between 19 and 26 inches. Because the state law says if they get if I get caught with one of those fish, that's the breeding stock. If you want to keep things healthy in the yeah. ecosystem, you got to put those fish back. You can keep 15 to 18 and eat those little guys. You got to keep everything above 26 or 28 or 29 or something like that because those are the big fellas you got to put back this stuff yeah. because that's where it, what keeps it healthy. It's the same process over there. They're looking at the herd. They're monitoring it. They know exactly which animal, when my neighbor shows up with his buddies, which two or three, not even they're going to get to kill, Mark, they're going to get a shot at. Again, so I'm trying to wrap yeah. my head around what happens in yeah. Vegas. When Chuck goes out, the way he describes it is they... They, they get out there. They get out there early in the morning, just like you do on a hunt. You're sitting around. The herd starts to move its way through. You are not even allowed to necessarily hold your weapon, until your gun. You're not allowed to hold it until the herd gets into place. The officer that's with you makes sure that you're aimed at the right animal. Make sure that you have a clean shot and okays when you get to pull the trigger. Mm. Says to you, now yep. now you get to kill that animal yep. and then once he kills it uh and, and again every shot every time he pulls the trigger it's a certain amount of money that he has to pay and i, I think it yeah. breaks whatever that breaks down but then once he kills it all of the meat is brought back to that community it's it's used to feed the community and all that a lot of times these animals are the reason they've been picked out is because they've become a nuisance to they're 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 destroying they're typically harvests old. or they're, yeah, they're older or they're kind of wild and they're yeah. just the buttheads of the group. Every group has one, even yeah. in animals. Yeah. And they're the ones that break down fences and take down fruit trees and all this. You don't get to play anymore. Okay. And then that's all of these things happen because of it. The community benefits immensely because, and Chuck gets to live a dream. Chuck gets to put a th cool thing in his wall. You might not like it, he doesn't like flat screen TVs. Yeah. You got three of them in your basement. Yeah. He doesn't have any. Yep. Who's crazy, right? He, so that's, that, it's, when I think of that, and then I realize you can go out and get behind the wheel of a tank or fire a bazooka. Mm -hmm. I just am curious how, is that person literally on your shoulder saying, listen, if you raise this thing above shoulder height, if this thing goes above parallel, I'm taking you down. Maybe the maybe the guns are locked in a position. Have you ever fired an Uzi or a no. or what would be considered an automatic weapon? I don't, I don't use the term machine gun because that's kind of dumb, and I don't. I try no. not to use the term no. assault weapon, which no. is also stupid. One of the one of the more misunderstood things in our culture is uh, the how often you'll see, especially after shooting like we just had uh, in Colorado, just horrible people talking about things like fully automatic, blah 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 blah. It's like nobody has those guns. I mean to my knowledge, right? Because you are talking about machine guns where you just 
to press a trigger and it just keeps shooting. It just fires. You know, that's what I th- when you say versus Uzi. semi-automatic where you got to pull it. Yeah, one pull is one bullet. Yep. One pull is one bullet. Right. Yep. Um, so many people in our culture don't understand the difference, and I'm not justifying any of it. I'm no, just saying it's it. not like people don't. I think people think AR-15s are machine guns. They're they're not. It's a fairly weak rifle, is, is my understanding of it. Yeah, I mean, there's. It's not I, the most powerful thing not, you it's can not, buy. It's not the most powerful thing. That's the way I. That's probably the right way to put it. It's not the most powerful thing you can buy, but all guns. I mean, all guns are pretty powerful. <laughs> if you and put they it should, in perspective, and they should scare you. Like, um, so we, in one of our text groups last night, a, a, the a gun thing got brought up last night. I mean, I think a lot of people are having these conversations, and it just got me curious, and so I went and, and just. I do have a, I have a, I have a gun at the house just for safety. Keep it hidden, keep it locked away, yep. keep it so that the the kids have no idea where it is and cannot access it. But it just kind of got me curious. I thought to myself, man, I don't remember what state I left that in. Is that thing actually like locked and loaded? Because yeah. for a long time, I that was, I mean, I, I was kind of taught that. Like, what's the point of having it there? You're not going to be able to rush over, get the thing, get it loaded. If you're yeah. going to have it for self-defense, it needs to be ready to go. Yeah. Uh, and so that, but our conversation last night, something about it got me thinking about that. And I thought, man, I wonder, because it's been a couple months, I think, since I've even looked at the thing. I, have, I pulled it out and it, and it's, it, as I pulled it out of the sleeve, it was, it's ready to go. It, so my, so mine's not, but I, it, you know, I, I've had the discussion. Mine, mine is, mine is, uh, technically visible in a, in a case way up high where a kid cannot reach it unless a kid got out a ladder yep. to get, to get it. Yep. I've had this discussion many times with my kids. Basically like if you even touch that case, you're done, <laughs> you know, I, I rem- scare, scare the shit out of them. I, I remember uh, the day dad found out that I got into the d- gun case. He kept the key around the Eagle's neck yeah. on top of the gun case. Yeah. I got up, I got my 410 out. My buddies and I were going to go shooting with his dad, my, my yeah. best friend's dad. Yeah. yeah, We were pulling out of town. We saw him. My best friend's dad waved down dad and said, hey, just want to let you know we're going shooting up at dad's place. And dad said, how did you get your gun? Yeah. And I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. I knew it. I was like, oh, I got the ladder out and got the key. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got to get your gun and come with me, buddy. You're, yeah, you're, 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 in tr- yeah, you're, you're grounded. The, um, <laughs> but to, 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 to the, the state, the state of readiness and, and everybody like nobody ever wants to be in the position where you have to, you're in your own home and you have to grab your gun. Right. right. That, right. that would, that would suck. I've not done that either. But in my case, I've got two, uh, fully loaded magazines ready to go next, next to the gun, of course, but nothing in the gun, because if I have to go grab that gun, which I would have to do, and if I'm in bed, I'd have to get up and I have to go grab the gun, open the case. At that point, you're talking about putting in one magazine. Yep. Un- undoing easy. the safety and, and ready to go. It, so to Completely speak. agree. So, so what if, I have, what if, I have is if, a little revol- it, is a revolver. So yeah. it would be, it would be the process of your Barney Fife. You carry one bullet <laughs> like, in your pocket, exactly right? It'd yeah. be the process of trying to stuff bullets. Can I get out my bullet, Andy? Bullet, bullets into the chamber. <laughs> Wait, I'm not ready. I'm yet. not ready. So the way I view it is, I've got because uh, I have one gun. That's what I've got. Yep. But between the two magazines, I've got 34 chances. Yep. <laughs> so if I can't get it done in 34 chances, man, it's just, it wasn't meant to be. But my theory is, yes, I've yelled at my kids about it. I don't fear that they're going to touch it. But if they did pick up that gun, there's nothing they're going to be able to do with it other than hit somebody with the gun. Yeah. Because they don't have any understanding of, of what happens next. Yeah. 
or the strength required to pull it back or or anything so i don't worry about that i know a lot of people even people listening are probably like you have a gun in your house with kids well i have a gun in my house because of it kids makes me nervous too because it, of it kids does, right. is why it's a, it's about and family protection it's about nothing else just like you mark i grew up with them i grew up with a respect for them i've tried to pass that on to my kids uh, you know my son has shotguns he's shot bow and arrows he's been uh, you know, outdoor camping and fishing and all that stuff with me, and we have those conversations. He's been around knives. He doesn't. He has a pocket knife that we don't let him carry. Got it. He won it through the Boy Scouts. Um, but uh, yeah. So I mean, we just try try to try to respect it. You know, it's this gun debate, especially in these in this in the shadows of a tragedy like this. Um. Our our our. Our dialogue is so fractured in this country right now that it instantly becomes, and I hate the fact that smart people do this, they assume that if you, if you are pro-gun, that you are somehow heartless and you don't you're feel... You're okay with mass you're shootings. You're okay with these things. I saw this. My brother-in-law who lives down in Texas is one of the sweetest men I've ever met in my life. His name is Robert Gideon. An incredible guy. Super smart. Eagle Scout. Married his high school sweetheart, my my, my sister in law Lindsay, um, and super successful. Lived, moved down to Texas. Had a his office was in the ballpark at Arlington mm. for a long time. When they were in the World Series, he sat in his office to watch the, cool. the family sat in his office to watch the World Series. Um, and Robert posted. Robert's a big gun guy. Robert posted something the other day that was kind of like pro gun. Said, "Hey, listen, this is it's important to remember in these times. This is crazy people." Doing, and it's it's this shooter's responsibility. It's not, you know, you can't punish lawful gun owners. And, man, the number of people that their instant response to it was, you are heartless. You don't care about innocent lives being being slain. Because and it, it, it's like we're, we've been trained to make that our yeah. instant response. When somebody disagrees with us or when somebody's trying to bring up a point that we don't like, our instant response is, you're heartless. And I think that it's probably on the other side too. As soon as these things happen, and somebody that has somebody that's thinking with their emotions and yeah. thinking with leading with their heart says, "Man, can we do something to stop yeah. these things?" I think a lot of conservatives jump to these. Well, yeah, we can if nobody had guns, and that includes government too. Yeah. No, no, nobody has guns, which we're not going to do that. There's yeah. there's hundreds of millions of guns in the United States. That's Three, not that's not practical. Okay, three hundred, and I think I think we're. I think it's almost close to 400 more, more guns than people apparently. Yeah. So, so that's not going to happen. Okay. So eliminating that, you can just eliminate that. It's not going to happen. The government's not going to confiscate 400 million guns. It's just not going to happen. So, um, my thought is versus your heartless. I, I almost look at it the exact opposite way, especially if you're somebody that wants to carry, right? You're going to the mall, you're going to the store, you're going to carry. Why are you doing that? It's for protection. I mean, you're not heartless because if, if you're in that position and if you're trained to use your gun and the shooting starts, you do have an, at least an ability to maybe stop it. doesn't mean you're going to, right? There was a police officer that responded and got killed in this instance. But you have a chance, right? There was a video that came out a couple years ago uh, in a church. I don't know if it was in Texas or not. But um, a guy, the whole thing's caught on, on camera. I've seen it. A, a, a guy pulls out a essentially a, a short barrel rifle or shotgun or something shoots and kills somebody in a crowded church. And 
a guy that was uh, a civilian, but I think he was on like the church security team, right? Who's clearly trained, stands up about 50 feet from the gunman, pulls out his pistol, fires one shot, hits the guy in the, the, in the head, and it's over, right? Yeah, so the, yeah. so I, I never like, well, you know, if someone had had a gun there, nothing would have been different. I don't buy that. I've seen it. I've yeah. seen it firsthand. So it, it is a tough debate, but it, it, is. It, scare, it, it, it scares me when I hear, and I didn't even read into this. I know we got sent this last night. One of the, the Ninth District Circuit Courts have ruled, apparently, uh, maybe it was an appeals court, has ruled that... Um, that open carry or concealed carry, there's no right to, to either of those things. And we have no gun zones and all of that, right? But it's just, I, I think we're well past the, the point in our society where we can say like, you know, what are you worried about? You know, no, nothing's going to happen. We see stuff happen all over the country yeah. and, and frequently where you're just out enjoying your lunch and someone shoots up the place or a mall or, you know, that, that happened not far. It was many years ago, but Von Maher over in, in Omaha had a had a mass shooting so the whole like you can just go out anywhere with your family and be totally safe and there's no need for a gun ever is not correct now we've been fortunate in iowa these things don't seem to happen here we've had a couple smaller smaller had the cops get uh targeted i mean that those count yeah 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 you had a guy technically my understanding of a mass shooting is it's four people however by definition right mark you're right man it's it's so tough it's such a big conversation you can't take your the idea that you could uh take away the guns is just so preposterous because the only way you're going to do that is, ironically, at gunpoint. And if you did that, it would cause so we would have so many in we'd have so many law-abiding people that bad bad, bad guys aren't turning them in. No, and and because they have them illegally in the first place. And quite frankly, a lot of people that are right now law-abiding would be the ones that would hold on to those guns until the government showed up, and that would end bad. We see it with Randy Weaver. You don't have to go far to know how it would look to try to take people's guns. Yeah, we'd have way more blood in the streets. Way more. Yeah. Um, you can't, and, and asking people to turn them in is, you'll get, get some, you get some, get some, wouldn't get near what you think. It's trying to stop production or manufacture of the gun still doesn't take the 400 million that are out there and serviceable and, and going to be serviceable for the next hundred years off the streets. Yeah. Um, even regulations like, because I, I think, man, it's, this conversation is so much like abortion. Okay. Because. The minute you start to give ground, you're getting pushed from the other direction. You're getting you you you've got you almost have to hold on to one of your extremes, because as soon as I say, I think there can be such a thing as reasonable gun regulations. I think there can be then there should be things that and, make, and we and we do have we some. do we do there are background checks. We can't just go today and buy a handgun at Sportsman's Warehouse. You know there there are steps. Yes, that you have to exactly. Take. Exactly, and you can't own a tank. Yeah, and you can't, you know, again, or back a machine to gun. Where this, or, where this conversation started, you yeah. go to Vegas, you can't own that tank, you yeah. can't own that bazooka. I don't think no. you can't own a nuclear weapon. You can't own uranium. You, like you can't yeah. do these. You can't just go and buy those things. Uh but the the idea that the, that regulation exists that uh, there's a background check that people that are Let's start to use some language that would have to actually exist. 
people that are unstable, people that have mental illness, um, people, okay, now those are gray terms. Th- those are a perspective thing. But even that is, you're going to get uh, pushback on that because, and I'm not even saying I disagree. This is why I'm saying it's a difficult let's say conversation. Let's ever, you've ever gone to a doctor for anything related to a mental illness. Right. Okay? So Does that bar you? There's a record of it. Okay, right. so we all agree that in theory, okay, they shouldn't own guns because mm-hmm. the guy that did this in Colorado was mentally ill. Yes. Shouldn't have owned a gun. Or I don't, I don't even know if he purchased them legally. Yeah, I, I, have, I have no idea. But shouldn't own a gun. Okay, well, then people start to do the... We, we've had these bans before on other things. One would be voting. If you're a felon, you can't vote anymore. Okay, and now that's not flying anymore, right? You should be able to vote again. You should get that second chance again. So you're going to take away someone that at one point in their life had a mental deficiency or whatever and went to get help for it, and now for the rest of their life, they can't buy something, right? So even an argument like that's not simple because people there will be a lot of people that aren't okay with that. Mark, I think it's even more... It, it, you have to look at it even more sinister. This is politics. This gets ugly. This gets ugly really fast. Any tool you make is going to be used as a weapon. Okay? Uh, Democrats make a hammer to drive in some nails. Then all of a sudden, Republicans get in control. They've got the hammer in their hands, and they start to whack the Democrats in the head with the hammer. Yeah. And they go, wow, this hammer works really well for bludgeoning my opponents. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and vice versa. Um, so, yeah. so if you say... People that are unstable, people that have mental illness, people that, those terms alone, Mark, how many times in the last four years have we heard people say, or we, people kind of allude to the fact that if you don't vote like I do, you're probably unstable. Yeah. You're probably, and and it, it, it seems kind of extreme right now. It's not that far down the road from being norm. Where it is something like, if you voted this way, if you support these ideas, those are dangerous ideas, and those dangerous ideas can't have a gun at home. Yeah. So now you're on the list of people that can't carry guns. Yeah. Or can't even own a gun. All so the that, Trump voters, turn in your guns. That's and I, again, I know these sound like extreme things, but these are the arguments. I've been in these. I've been in these rooms, man. I've been at the yeah. John Birch Society. I've, I've 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 seen these things. Here's a question that might sound stupid, but I literally have no idea. European countries, as an example, that have basically can't have guns, etc. Do they not hunt in those countries? Is there no hunting? Just not a thing. Not like our culture. Not not like we do here in America, Mark. We are we're very lucky here when it comes to the amount of land, open space, the game that still runs around there. Um, and, and again, in other countries, they like in 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 other continents, they just are much more regulated about it. Yeah, um, guns aren't as prevalent, so it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's so many things, man. And part of the Dude, problem, and, and and I think the biggest thing w- that we talk about here, like, why does it, why do, why does it happen? Why do we have these things all the time? I, to be John Lennon here, dude, it's a love problem. It is a. We just are we're we're kind of mean. We're we're just kind of mean a lot of times, and it, and I think it, love, crazy doesn't get solved with love. Do you think the United States is but vastly different than almost every other country in the world? No, you don't. No, no, I don't. And we're, we were going to talk about Hilton Magic and Hilton Coliseum yeah. and stuff. 
we can, no, I, we can end with that. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that America is a lot like other places. It's just different, and those differences make it seem like it's vastly, vastly different. I I'm America first. I love me some America. I love some freedom and all of that stuff. But I've also been around enough people who have lived in other countries to to, to point out to me that you know Hilton Coliseum's just a basketball court. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, America is just a country, and it's and, and yeah, there are some things that make it different. Yeah, I think it, part of it is we here because we live here because we were raised here. We hear about the American dream. Yep. As an example, everyone else around the world, the 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 thing that we believe, I think, is that they desperately want to come to the United States, right? That's the dream from wherever they're at, right? They want to true in a lot of want places. to get to the United States. Is that true of anywhere else, though? If you grow up somewhere, do you have the Swedish dream? Do you have the the Japanese dream? Do you have the, or is it, and that's why I say, are we vastly different, right? Is this place considered worldwide so good for whatever reason, right? Name your reason that we're, that we're unique in that way. I don't know, Mark. In, in New Zealand, do they talk about how people really want to live in New Zealand in Australia do they talk about how people really want to live in Australia I think those would be I, cool I, places to go visit I, and I think they would be and I, and you know what I bet that those uh, chambers of commerce and those tourism bureaus and all that I bet they do a really good job of selling that propaganda back to the people just like we were sold as kids about yeah. American exceptionalism again I believe it because I was sold it as a kid I come from a very patriotic family all of those things that I, I America is an amazing place. But I, I and I think it's the best place. But I, I don't think it's by leaps and bounds like we have been taught. I there probably are other people. Mark, it's a perspective thing too. Why people from South America? I mean, you've been to San Diego. You, you f- do a, a, a that's do not a, in South America, by the way. No, so. no. Here's what I'm saying. Okay. Do the screenshot central. Do do the screenshot of San Diego and Tijuana. Yeah. Look at the border there. Yeah. It's it's remarkable what happens at that border. So that I think it's part of the American idea of people want to be here, people love to, love America is it's the juxtaposition of Central America and and, and what happens here. South America is, a, you know, you you you're migrating up, you're trying to find a better life, and all of a sudden you get to San Diego. You're you're standing in Tijuana and you can see beautiful green rolling hills. I mean, it looks like they're splattered yeah. with gold when you're standing there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's a there, there's there's so many parts of it that that play into it. I think that those other countries are probably uh, spots where and there's got to be a spot in Europe where they say everybody loves Switzerland. One everybody of the one of the funny things we talk about the border, um, you know, insert your own argument about a border wall, but literally between Tijuana and it, it is San Diego, like right where. You're like I've always I, I looked this up once. I'm like, what happens when the ocean starts? Yeah, you know, like you yeah. hit the ocean, you're out of wall. The wall does extend out a little ways. The wall goes about yeah 30, 20, 20 feet yeah, or yeah, thirty feet like or something like that. There's right. kind of a kind of a wall there, and I'm like, I never knew that. Yeah, I mean, seems, you could just swim around it. Seems like it, oh, so, totally. totally. Yeah. it seems like at low tide you might be able to walk around it. It's yeah, so, yeah, I've yeah. Seen that. But I'm like, oh, there's a wall there. I didn't know that. It's interesting. Um, so yeah, I think that and that's a. That's a weird conversation to to take off with, but so we were gonna uh, we'll, we'll end on this one. Um, you interviewed TJ. Um, I think one of the things that people 
are eager to see happen is the return of Hilton Magic. The real question is, is it is it real and what and what is that? How does somebody bring it back? And obviously, there was no Hilton Magic this year because one, the team stunk. Two, there are no fans. But next year, if we're able to have fans, how fast can TJ bring something like that back? But the 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 the, the more interesting argument, though, Ross is like, what the hell is Hilton Magic? And I was asking you this earlier: Is it noise? Is it crowd capacity? Is it just a feeling? Is it completely made up? Um, why doesn't why doesn't uh, Carver Hawkeye Magic or Carver Magic exist? I think you have some theories on this. None of them are going to be, you know. Oh, you nailed it. That's exactly what it is because it's a matter of opinion. But ultimately, the question is: Can TJ get Hilton Magic back? You know the man, <laughs> at least at least through an interview. Yes, right? yes, he can. And I, and I say that almost emphatically. Like, ab- absolutely, this guy can bring back uh, Hilton Magic because what Hilton Magic is um, is something that is still readily available to everybody. Um, what Hilton Magic is is this belief that happens with fans, and then it manifests itself on the court because the players buy in. There's all these coach cliches that happen when a guy shows up that you, that are silly. Uh, you got to buy into the culture. People, everybody's got to believe there's something special about Ames. Those are all things that TJ said on our show the other day. Yeah. Here's the thing: that's true. Like, look at George Niang. Look at Monte Morris. Look at uh, Nas Long. Players that bought in. Players that came here and truly either they either believed it or and they, they, and they come back or they faked it enough to sell yeah. it that they did believe there's something special about Ames. Now and part and part of what makes you believe those players is the fact that they do come back. Yes. Yeah. So I know I'm, I I, I it, there's parts of this going to sound like I'm being very snotty about Ames. I'm not. I'm. I'm th- this is true everywhere. You guys have had success. You guys have had a lot of comeback wins in that place. And so what happens is fans believe it. Fans go, listen, man, we've seen it. I've seen my team come back from 12 down with two minutes to play in 20. this place. I saw it right. not, not long ago. What, X number. Whatever the feeling yeah. is, man. We've all been watching games. You as Iowa State fans, I've been in the arena. When it happens, the, it's a, it's a, you're down double digits. There's a couple minutes to play, and all of a sudden, this roar starts to happen because everybody in that arena thinks, Oh my God, here we go. This is where this is that thing that we've been waiting to have happen. Yeah. If the guys on the court aren't, if they don't know anything about it, they'd go, this is dumb. Yeah. This is stupid. Hilton magic. If they've bought in, if they believe it, if they've seen the history, if they know the history, then all of a sudden it is real again. And it goes, they go, Whoa, that's right. This is that place where people come back, and I'm wearing that uniform where people come back. It's kind of the same mentality behind the hype video. When you go down to Kansas, like you were talking about, and before the Kansas game starts, they play this hype video that shows you all the national championships and all of the amazing things that have happened. Gets the goosebumps pumping. There's a reason for that, and it's not just to get the fans, and it's not just to get the players. Think of the psychology of being an opponent there. 
Yeah. You sit there and you watch this video of guys in Kansas jerseys dunking on people, and winning you, national titles. And you titles. know their record there in that building. And you know it. You know where you are, and you watch them cut down the nets. And all of a sudden, the lights go on, and you look out at your opponent, and the dude's wearing that jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, the, in the arena that you just watched him dunk on a guy that was wearing your jersey. And you're yep. like, oh, yep. oh, that's right. I got it. It's, it's Mariano Rivera getting guys out in the on-deck circle. Yeah. Right? You, where you're on, you, you, you're before you're at bat, you go, this guy's going to strike me out. You know what's crazy? It, you talk a lot about this, and I agree with you, that so much of athletics is between the years. But what seems funny, like Iowa State's, you know, Hilton Magic's in, in, in full, you know, people were losing their minds in the game that I was talking about. I think they were down 20 to Oklahoma in the second half. This was Hoiberg. They came back. They won the game. And a guy, you know, you, you kick the ball out to the corner three, okay, and you're right in the middle of this run where the, everyone's going nuts. It seems like the guy that's shooting that, who's a 35% three-point shooter, there's a 90% yeah. chance that's going Isn't in. Isn't it incredible? Why? Uh, it, it, it's so crazy when that happens. You're like, well, that's going in. 100% that's going in. Really smart people, Mark. I, I would imagine your brother, three years from now when he listens to this, <laughs> he's going to say, and I don't, I don't know. I'd like to have this conversation with him because I, I don't want to assume this stuff. But most really smart guys like that that are are into numbers and they want to see the proof of it. Mm-hmm. And most smart guys like that, when I talk about momentum and energies and vibrations and stuff, they're like, "Dude, get your freaking holistic healing stones out of here." Yeah, that's nuts. You can't quantify it. There's no metric for how energy and momentum change a game. I don't know how you watch sports and don't feel it, see it, and believe it. We, I mean, it's said, it, it is said as a cliche all the time. It's probably overused, and maybe that's why analytics yeah. guys hate it so much, but I, I totally believe in momentum. I, mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, you're right. No one's said this is exactly why it happens, but when you're in that, so again, you've, you've been down 20, you're now down five. Yeah, you're clinching. The, the, the crowd, the crowd can't be any more into it. In that, uh, think about like uh, what happens with adrenaline in your body, right? Would you make an argument that adrenaline makes you stronger? In in that instance, you hear about people lifting cars off people, whatever, right? So maybe you're you're you are more in that instance. You are more aware. Yeah. Your acuity is better. Yes. Your hand eye coordination is At better. All of it, right? Your so senses, something your does reactions, change your physically. Reactions are faster. And meanwhile, the guy that's clinching is doing the exact opposite. Rather than his adrenaline pumping and all of the things working in his favor, again, it's a soup. Yeah. All the ingredients working from his favor, now he's lo- there all locked in their own heads. I can't turn the ball over. I got to take my time on possessions. I got to make sure that I don't make the they bad pass. They play scared. They play scared, and that's when mistakes start to happen, and you start to second-guess your instincts. And the other guys, their synapses are firing. Everything's right. We've seen this happen hundreds of times as sports fans. Yeah. And so that's what it is, man. It, it is, it's this, Hilton Magic is this culmination of belief that starts with the people that are the, the, the 12, 14, whatever thousand people are crammed into there that at that moment in the same 30-second period all kind of come to the same realization. It's a, that's the magic part of it. It's like, this is it. This is that thing we've been waiting for. Here we go. And yeah. boom, the roof blows off the place. 
And every, and then all of those things happen. The other team goes, oh, crap, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. this is that Hilton Magic thing people talk about. One, one of the, the, we came here to Ames, Iowa, thinking we were going to beat the crap out of Iowa State and forgot about this. One, one of the more see. interesting parts, though, is why does it exist there? Or at least in, in name, right? It's, it's got a name. It's called Hilton Magic, whatever. But why isn't it at uh, why isn't it prevalent at Texas Tech? Why does you know TCU yeah. not have it? Why isn't it a thing at a Baylor? What, cr- crowds get excited everywhere. They cheer everywhere. People have you know Cameron Crazy um, at, at Duke is known because it's a small gym, right? Um, certainly known as a tough place to play down in Kansas. So there's other places, but it seems like why doesn't everybody have their own version of of Hill and Magic? And that's an interesting thing to me. Why is it special? Because you don't hear squat about Carver Hawkeye. I'm not saying, and maybe like, oh, the old fans are down down front. It's the, it's the old people. It's the it's the whatever. Yeah. Why do the Hawkeyes not have the equivalent? Well, branding is a good part. Is a is a big part of it. Okay, the, that phenomenon that we talked about does happen everywhere. It it but the branding of it is what gives it extra stuff. And, I, and again, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to water it down. The branding of it is what makes it prevalent in the, in the other locker room, in the kids that are there, and the fans especially, again, where it all starts. Uh, Cameron Crazies, Fog Allen, those, are, those essentially are the same thing as Hilton Magic, okay? You know what it is. You know when you get in there, and you know when you start to feel it. And when you start to clinch, you know why you're clinching, and, and, and that voice starts to say those words in your head. You're at Fog Allen. Mm-hmm. These are the Cameron Crazies. This is Hilton Magic. So branding's a big part of it, but don't kid yourself that that doesn't happen. I've been at I'm and I'm a Hawkeye fan. I've been at Carver when that place was absolutely insane. When they beat Michigan there a couple years ago, and we were we were near the top of the arena, it was insane, crazy loud. I've been on the in the fir- first row and the fifth row at Hilton Coliseum when they were beating Kansas. And that place, you could not hear your friend next to you. You're trying to talk to each other, and you're laughing. You're like, yeah. I, I sounds like I'm in a jet engine. Yeah. So that that energy can happen places, but the branding of it really does help. It it it, it somehow drives it home a little better. Yeah. Hilton Magic rolls off the tongue. Johnny was brilliant to bring that to to town, and it snowballed from from what it was does he i don't even know the origin was he the one that first uttered I, it I, I think that i shouldn't even have, I, I think that he was the one that okay yeah i don't know i have no idea all right well charterhouse magic is helping you guys save money damn right it is lots of money ross has got do you do you want me to see you got too many buyers? i have no do you want, do no, you want no, more no. buyers do you no want i more? absolutely love uh, yes I'm, I'm i'm settling into this man um what i'd like to do right now is help people sell their houses because I have no active listings. I've got a couple pendings. I, I don't, deal. Well, I will later today, but I don't either, which sounds bad when you first say it. But when you understand why, it's because things, we list them and they go pending. I had one yesterday and I'll tell someone uh, a, a story so they kind of understand what's going on in the marketplace a little bit. Um, I listed one for 3099 in Urbandale yesterday. We had uh, pretty quickly had nine showings scheduled for the next day, nine or 10 showings. And the first people that, that saw it had a little bit of a gap before everybody else was going to see it. And they saw it and wrote an offer for 320 So 10000 over asking price. People would say, why would they do that? They did it because they know what it's like out there. And if you don't come strong, then you're probably going to get beat out by somebody else. So they came strong. My sellers ended up taking it because it was a number that they liked and, and, uh, uh, in this particular case, a VA loan, which means the person buying the house is in the military, 
uh, which they liked that that part of it. So they they took it. So essentially, one showing, and we were done for over asking price. That's that's kind of what's going on, and you hate to say that because then everybody thinks that's that's going to happen to them. But man, when I look across our firm at how many actives we've got right now, it's not many because everything is selling. Yeah, it's cra- it is it's wild, and uh, and not only it's selling, you're selling for top dollar. So if you're thinking about yes. selling your house, now is a fantastic time to do that. Yes. Yeah, I've got uh, a, a couple folks who are just going to be selling because they have already got their new home. They've built a new home. Or what an amazing position to be in right now because you're going to just kill it on the on that selling price. But uh, buying right now is a little bit frustrating, and it's I have had a lot of people that I've reached uh, that I've worked with over the last couple of days who have uh, have reached back out to me to say they've seen the value of working with a realtor as you start to buy and, and go through this process. Either they were going to write an offer for a house that would have been at asking price and that offer was way too high. And now they've seen that house sit on the market for a couple of weeks and drop down a little closer to what we thought it would be. Yep. Or they wrote offers and, uh, and, and didn't go in strong enough for them and ended up not getting into the house. So that's, it's part of it. It's, uh, it's Moral of the story, use an agent to help you buy, use yeah. charter house to help you sell. We'll save you a bunch of money and we're pretty good at what we do. One phone call. I know I love, I love the ads that say one phone call because it's like, you know, going to a shoe store and you get shoelaces. You should be one call here to, to Charter House. You find your agent and we'll help you out. And uh, We help you do it all and we all. podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh. We will see you soon. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charter House Real Estate We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support, and we will talk to you next week.